Join us for PR Safari, a podcast by Center for Public Relations. PR Safari, your ultimate guide to navigate the complex PR landscape in Africa. Find us at www.cpr.africa. Hello, my name is Chris Wangalua. Our guest is Valerie Mumbo. Valerie is Associated Luminate. In April 2023, Luminate released a report dubbed Winning Hearts and Minds, how change agents, funders, and PR agencies can harness the power of strategic communications. Valerie, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. What was your role in this report? So I, with uh, some teammates of mine, Stan Getui and David Madden, with the support of Audrey Wabure, commissioned the report in late 2021 and so there was uh, research done conversations had with people from the different stakeholder groups that were involved both emerging markets group limited and asphalt and inc spoke to funders to change agents to strategic communication firms about their experience of just generally communicating or working with each other to see what are the challenges or like what are the barriers for greater collaboration because we see that there's potential impact to be had or potential to amplify the impact that change agents have. There's potential to amplify the impact that funders want to see. And there's potential for um, strategic communication firms to earn revenue from doing good, doing well by doing oh, good. Oh, there's yes. potential to earn revenue. That's <laughs> yes. interesting. It's more like doing BD for agencies. Yes. What exactly did you find that we can take home? Some of the key takeaways that came out of the report is that, one, there's misconceptions that exist between the different groups. Like when you see, uh, looking at it from the perspective of PR agencies and change agents, there's certain perceptions or misconceptions on like whether change agents can afford to pay for the services or like whether PR agencies have like the content expertise to be able to represent the work that the change agents do effectively. So that was one of the findings. And then another was that there's lack of impetus from funders to fund this kind of work and there's like lack of incentives for change agents to demand funding for this work. There are also many resource constraints that exist, particularly for change agents, whether it's know-how or financial resources to source some of these services, that was another. And then there was the finding around what the role of increase in digital has done for the space where it has been good. It's like a double-edged sword in that it has been good in some ways in, in that it's been able to democratize communication and enable change agents to reach new audiences and things like that. But also change agents sometimes do not think that they need to work with strategic communication funds or PR agencies uh, because they have digital. Well, that shouldn't be the case because there's an entire comms strategy that should inform some of that work and there are other considerations to be made besides being able to share or post on Facebook or Instagram. Those are some of the key findings at the top of mind right now. You mentioned earlier that there's an element of the change agents not being able to do the communication work as probably would have been done by agency. Yes. And therefore, what was the recommendation in this report? 
there were different recommendations for the different stakeholder groups. For change agents, it was around having like a comms strategy to be able to inform like when you're going out to communicate because most change agents do very impactful work, very important work, but sometimes they want to get people to know about it and then they might not do that effectively or they want to advocate for certain changes, be it in legislation or regulation and things like that and they don't reach the needed audiences. So I think when you're communicating in whatever communication that they do, there was uh, the recommendation that they should have a strategy, an end in mind as to what they want to achieve. And then the other was around if resources are present, investing in acquiring like communication talent or upskilling current staff to be able to to do some some of this communication work. Because I think something that came out is that sometimes when change agents and PR firms work together, the change agents might not have the know-how to provide an effective brief in order for the PR firm to do the work that they need efficiently or effectively. And that could lead to like a bad working relationship in a situation where that doesn't need to be the case. And also having internal comms resources or people can help them formulate the strategy that we talked about earlier. For PR firms, it was uh, that they need to look at or inspect their business models and see if there's a way to adjust them or like make them more accessible to some of these change agents because they don't necessarily have big budgets that some of the large FMCG companies or telcos would have, but they still do need this expertise to be able to effectively reach uh, certain audiences. So that was one. And then in the case where probably they might not be as exposed to some of the subject matter that the change agents are working in. So looking at ways to gain that expertise or hiring external consultants so that they can also be able to effectively work with these people or finding places to meet the change agents and being able to interact and building those relationships would be helpful for them. And finally, for the funders like Luminate, there was the need for them to explicitly state that communications or acknowledge that communications is an important part of programming because what tends to happen is that when they give funding, the people receiving the funding will think that programmatic work will compete against strategic communications work, while strategic communications work is really additive to the programmatic work. This is how I understand. Okay. okay. The funders somehow... They have this pool of resources they yes. give you, but they sort of tell you you can't do anything beyond these certain activities, and mm. that activity that is left out is communication most of the time. Is that the case? Yes, in some instances. So it could be two things. So sometimes funders give restricted funding, and it is focused heavily on programming and communications might be a small aspect of that often as like an afterthought but not it's not seen as a core aspect of the programming like the people working in communications will not be necessarily involved in the decision making or in structuring or how the work is carried out which while I think that is the case especially if you have pieces of work that need to get out to people which a lot of work that social justice actors and change agents do they need to convince people of like why climate justice is important why protection of the civic space or protection of data protection uh, that's a lot of (laughs) I've said protection many times but yeah but like data privacy and protection is important and all of these things and in, in doing that then communication is important because as the title of the report says, you need to win hearts and minds in order to make them make a decision that is favorable to something that you want to achieve. 
So there's Luminate, for instance. Yeah. Luminate, by virtue of being a philanthropy, probably supports CSOs. Yes. In that case, then Luminate pumps in the money inclusive of communication. Yes. And why then won't these CSOs use the money inclusive of that budget for communication to get an agency? So sometimes philanthropies can give restricted funding where like whatever is left for communications is like very little. So like that's all they have to do or it's either communication has a limited budget or no budget at all. So what happens in that instance is that you don't have like room or the funds to hire like a communications Ah. professional and then you have like a program officer who knows little to nothing about communication being the one to like talk about the works so then if there's a limited budget yes are you saying that pr agencies communication agencies when they come on board yeah as you may be asking of them yeah they are coming pro bono or there's a budget that is not necessarily as much as because you started by saying that uh, they needed to adjust their models to yeah. accommodate yes. some of these organizations. How I don't know how that works. Did you study to understand what their state currently is, the agencies? Yeah, they're in it for profit. Oh, no, okay, not uh, entirely, but mainly for it's a business. They need to make money and uh, generate funds, so they charge their clients certain amounts. But it's not saying that they should do this pro bono. So, like, the restricted funding where the budget for communication is limited is one type of funding. But there's one which I think we at Luminate try to do most, which is unrestricted or what we call core funding, where we entrust the funding to the organization to do like general organizational development and do also programmatic work. And that might include hiring a, a communications officer, which some of our partners uh, that we work with have done before. So I think that in, in doing that, they might have the funds to hire a comms person or and then like probably pay for small pieces of work to be done by agencies so what we are saying is that agencies need to probably charge less to certain groups of people acknowledging just like the economics of the nonprofit are not the similar to the economics of like profit making telcos and banks and all of these other institutions so like is there a way to have like a different rate card that mm-hmm. um, applies to these groups of organizations acknowledging that they are doing like important work for society how do you categorize so that, and I believe agencies are going to buy into this. Yes. The one thing that I'm just wondering is um, sometimes even top tier not for profit want to, you know, treat themselves as if they don't have a budget. Mm. And now they bring themselves down to this lower tier, the yeah. CSOs. Yeah. How do you control? I'd hope that organizations that have budgets to engage like communications firms do so at like the regular rate that these communications Mm -hmm. firms would charge but there are others that are not struggling but like they're they're just whatever they whatever comes in has somewhere it's going to go they don't have like large surpluses to do what sometimes is considered the luxurious work of communicating in Mm. more flamboyant ways did you ever probably talk to these agencies to just be able to understand where they're coming from and why probably they don't do this? Did you get that opportunity to sit down with them? The team did. It was going back to like the misconceptions that they have. Some agencies believe that when 
change agents or social justice organizations run this um, when they want to have comms work done for them and they have RFPs released, they'll do that but then they'll just end up giving it to someone that they know. So uh-huh. then they're like why go through the entire RFP process if yeah. I'm not going to end up with anything. Mm-hmm. The other thing is the thing around not being sure they will be able to pay their rates. You make all of these judgments without like full information about whether or not they can yeah, just based on biases that we have as human beings. So that's that's one case. And then the other thing was uh, something we talked about earlier as well, where these organizations don't have comms people. So then they'll get, um, they'll hire an agency and then probably an agency who's applied through the RFP process and believes that these people can afford them and then comes to the table, but they don't, they're not able to give them like a proper brief. And then like Uh the project goes south and then each side is like, why did we work with the other side? Because this has not been uh, beneficial for any of us. We're having a discussion with Audrey that sometimes... It's not about the brief. Yeah. If you are an agency, you probably know that you've been given a brief fine, but sometimes yeah. you can tell them, fine, thank you for the brief, but this is not what you want. Exactly. It looks like, based on your objective, these are the kind of things you need. Yes. And now that speaks to why you say agencies are really required to support the course. Yeah. Again, are you, to some extent, also proposing pro bono? No, we're not proposing pro bono. So speaking from the perspective of a funder who has engaged with like CSOs and we've provided unrestricted funding to do some work, including communications work, so they could be able to draw on such unrestricted funding budgets to fund some of this work. I think another thing would be sometimes we as funders have... Like last year, we ran a project where we brought together a CSO, Article 19, to work together with an agency, Saracen Media, to run a project called Project Amuka, which Mm -hmm. was geared towards getting youth to come out and vote and telling them the importance of voting and things like that. So I think there are different ways in which the the three could work together. So the funder could come and say, like, yeah, I'd be willing to fund the collaboration or a group of funders could do so, uh, like form a basket of funds where they all contribute and they're like, we want this message to go out. So we will fund organizations working in this space to collaborate with CSOs so that the organizations can bring their subject matter expertise and all of this to the fore. And then the communications experts can bring their convincing power (laughs) to the table and I think together they'd be able to create this really great thing that is very impactful so that is one mechanism and then the other is again like just providing flexible and unrestricted funding to allow the CSOs to be able to access some of the services or even like bring some of this expertise in-house so that they can be able to do the communications more effectively because I do think that they have a number of reasons why they need to communicate, whether it is to communicate the impact they're having to funders in order to attract more funding Mm -hmm. or like they have... um, when they're doing advocacy, they need support of the people or like yes. groups of people in order to convince these groups of people that they should back them in advocating for a certain thing. Yeah. Then they need to be able to communicate to them and most effectively, because some of these things might be complex things, some are simple, and just being able to know like what makes people tick, what will what will elicit an like action or reaction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from these people would be important. Your call to action in this report all through was need for communication agencies to come forth and partner with CSOs. 
Yes. How has the response been so far? It's been positive. So we had a launch event where we invited members from like the change agents. We invited funders. We invited um, the strategic communications firms and we brought them all together and we talked about the report, discussed its findings and then also just challenged them about like what do you see as the challenges that affect you working together and how can you overcome those and it was very encouraging to see that they were able to identify and they were like oh yeah we do this, we could do better at this and the different groups saying that and um speaking about like so how do we communicate how can we connect and and take these conversations forward so i think there is an interest in doing that and following that conversation we've also had strategic communication firms contact us and be like is there a way that we can work with some of the organizations that you fund and so i, I do think it's been generally positive tell me if the agencies came to you and said we're here where are these cso's what do you do? As mentioned regarding the need for agencies to identify causes they want to support and things that are important to them, then if they identify those issues and they can identify CSOs within that space, I think what the report does is provides like um, insights, insights and, into and like, like where that, the yeah. challenges are, what they can do, and therefore like I think the they need to take up the mantle. Does <laughs> it have to be illuminate? No, I don't. It does. It's not. It's not luminate driven. I think this was just to be able to inform the ecosystem of like a challenge that we'd identified, which we think that other individuals, other funders relate to. Other change agents also resonated with some of the challenges highlighted, and strategic communications and PR firms also related to the changes highlighted. So just being able to pinpoint the challenges and proposing solutions, and I'm sure like this is not the entire universe of solutions that are there, and people. Could could have others, but it's just to start the conversation and also to spring people to action a bit. To I get it that you're asking agencies to, you know, try be proactive. Yes, and just look around for for CSOs that are available for this kind of support. You are also asking CSOs to avail themselves to also look around for the agencies that would be the challenge. Then for the CSOs would be how to know that this is the go-to agency. Of course, again, you can only do so much from w what you can control. Yeah. But the rest, let other funders pick it up or, or CSOs pick it up. I think there's also probably like a role that can be played by different funders, by any of the parties within uh, this ecosystem is just like setting up convenings because that is like a way where people can come and meet and say like, oh, you, you're interested in this. We are doing this type of work that aligns with your interests. Can we work together and all of these things? So I think that or finding people finding spaces where uh, potential yeah, clients, potential agencies mm -hmm. they could work with mm -hmm. are uh, like, do agencies need to go to social impact events and see what's happening and tell people we are able to help you do what you're doing 10 times more effectively or okay. uh, and things like that. So I, I do think there's also some networking, as we like to call it, to be done within the space. <laughs> Thank you very much for making the time, Valerie, and uh, looking forward to see how the uptake goes. Uh, thank you for having me, Chris, and I hope that your listeners engage with the topic and will be pushed to act. Thank you. <laughs> thank right. you very much.